0: This is a Courageous Church Podcast, equipping and empowering you to live a courageous life. Join us now as we listen to a message from Courageous Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. Welcome back. It's great to be with you today to share a message with you that I believe is absolutely going to bring you great hope and help this Christmas season. I love the Christmas season. I love the lights, the decor, the music, the movies, the food, come on, the chocolate, but for as much as I love it all, I'm often left feeling like I've missed out on something, something that I've come to realize only God can give. Anyone know what I mean? I'm talking about his presence this morning. No, not his P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, although those are always welcome, but his P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, his actual person and power in my life. Lately, I've found myself living with the suspicion that God actually wants to give us more of himself, I don't know if you, like me, have felt the rumblings of the Spirit longing to fill your soul in new and living ways, but I believe that God is speaking to His church right now. I don't know if you've heard the voice of God calling out to you amidst the busyness of planning parties and shopping for your loved ones or getting ready for the holidays, but it seems to me that our hunger for more of Him can only be satisfied with more of Him. The interesting thing about living in this world is that you and I are faced with daily decisions about what we're going to give our lives to. In other words, you and I get to determine every day and every hour what occupies and possesses our hearts most. Jesus said, where your heart is, your treasure will be also. Ultimately, what we treasure in our hearts, we will make room for in our lives. And what we make room for, we will worship. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 1-7, through we see this play out quite literally. And it says this, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Then Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. And he went there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child, So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Verse seven, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. Because, here it is, there was no room for them in the inn. So here we are, Mary and Joseph have come to this inn at Bethlehem. Mary, of course, ready with child, literally bursting at the seams with the very presence of God. And what do we find? an inn overtaken by too many guests, so much so that there was no room for Jesus. And because the Bible is not just a book about them, but ultimately about us, I wonder today, what guests have overcrowded the inn of your heart? Have you in the same way told Jesus, sorry, no more room for you here? Friends, knowing that God wants to give us more of himself and occupy more of our hearts, and then actually letting him do it, are two very different things, aren't they? I think most of us, if we're being honest, get hung up on the how-to part. Like, how do we actually make more room for Jesus in our life? What does that look like practically? Well, today I wanna help us by looking at three practices that we can employ to give God more room in our lives in a message that I'm calling, Let Every Heart Prepare Him Room. So let's jump right in with our first practice today. Number one, prepare a special meeting place with God. Most of us rightfully believe that God should be preeminent or the most important person in our life. The problem is, is that we've overstuffed our calendars with so many activities, events, and commitments that we've left very little room for God to actually be preeminent in our lives. Are you tracking with me? Preparing a meeting place for just you and him actually helps tackle this issue by giving God a special place That's been set apart in your life that nobody else can interfere with. It's holy, it's consecrated. That's what the word set apart or sanctified means. When Moses encountered God in the form of a burning bush, God told Moses to take off his shoes because he was standing on holy ground. Now, was the ground itself intrinsically holy or was it holy because the Holy One was present there? Well, I tend to believe the latter. And in Moses's relating to God or spending time with him, that moment and that place became set apart or holy unto God. See, all of us need a special meeting place and time that's consecrated or set apart for God. It becomes holy not because of what or where it is geographically, but because of who shows up when we're there. David also wrote about the value of having a holy or what he calls a secret place with God in Psalm 91 verses one through two. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Now, notice that this secret or hidden place belongs to God, who is the author and provider of refuge and strength, which means that the strength and protection and provision that you and I need in our lives can only be found when we spend time in his presence. See, we can get so caught up in running around in the hustle and bustle of life that we miss the invitation to dwell in the secret place. The word dwell here in the Bible is the word yeshav, which means to sit down and remain seated in to live continually with. Friends, the invitation here is to sit down with God and remain with him for a while. I found that when I actually do this, it's amazing what happens to all the anxieties, the worries, all the things that I stress out about. They don't always magically disappear, but you know what happens they become less influential and less dominant in my thinking because God has actually become elevated and more influential and preeminent in my thinking for some of us the issue boils down to pleasing other people Our lives become so busy and crowded because we don't want to tell people no I believe this one of the greatest ways to make more room for God in your life is to learn to say the words no now For you people pleasers out there, this is really hard, I understand, because you want people to like you and you think that they won't like you if you don't tell them yes. So you sign up for every event, you attend every party, you basically burn yourself out trying to keep up the appearances of something that is actually robbing you from the life or the kind of life that you're supposed to have in God. Anyone know what I'm talking about today? Well of course you do. Early in my marriage I learned this the hard way. You know that look your wife gives you when you've said yes to go do something with somebody before you forgot to check with her? That's right, it's not a great look, is it? The uh, mashed potatoes get a little cold in the evening if you know what I'm saying, okay. So the idea here is that we gotta learn how to say no. Learning to say no provides room for more margin in your life, in your relationships, but it also provides more opportunity to be with God, to spend time with him in prayer, to get in his word and to be still before him just to calm your soul for a few moments. And what does God typically do in the stillness? Well, he speaks, he shows up, he becomes present. He fills the space with himself. Why? Because he delights in spending time with you. I like the way the message paraphrase says this in Psalm 46 verse 10 In the message Bible, it says, step out of the traffic, take a long loving, look at me, your high God above politics, above everything. Preparing a special meeting place for just you and God provides him the opportunity to actually be God in your life, above politics, which we could all use this year, above the noise, above, as the text says here, everything. Number two today, prepare daily moments to give God thanks. Over the past couple of weeks in our series on worship, we've discussed the priority and importance of praise and worship, and we looked at the word toda, which means to give Thanks. You see giving thanks as we see it in the scriptures helps shape and calibrate our hearts to beat to the rhythms of god's grace especially in a culture that demands that we do more and spend more giving thanks and being thankful for what we already have combats the obsession with having more and what better time than christmas to talk about the more now not here to rain on anyone's Christmas shopping parade today or to get down on us for pulling out the credit cards again. But let me ask you this, when was the last time you bought something for yourself and it actually brought you peace? When was the last time you said to yourself, well, Hey, look, I've done it. I have finally reached inner harmony and bliss. I'm truly happy and content that new iPhone has helped me achieve perfect peace. I don't know about you, but we get so easily obsessed with stuff and with owning the next greatest thing that we can neglect, being thankful for what we already have and what God has actually already given us. Now, there's nothing wrong with buying a new phone or new purse, whatever that thing is for you. And it's amazing to be able to give gifts and to bless other people. But what if this year, instead of spending above our means we decided to give ourselves away instead? What if we spent time serving a neighbor or even a friend? What if we offered to help repaint their fence? What if we decided to tell people how much they really mean to us and to do that in person? And what if we decided to teach our kids a more valuable lesson than all the useless pieces of plastic and toys that you're probably gonna end up throwing away anyways? Maybe a little radical, perhaps. But isn't this exactly what Jesus came to show us? That all of life itself is actually a gift that we've been given for which we can and should be thankful. What if by giving thanks and being thankful, we prepared more room for God in our daily moments? I might be preaching to myself today, but I suspect that if we could live a little more thankful, we might find God more at work within us and in turn would see more of his glory in our lives. Second Corinthians chapter four verse 15 says this, and as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive even more glory. Friends, preparing daily moments to give God thanks allows more of his glory to be seen in your life. It creates more room for the gift giver to be seen in all of us. And that's really the point of Christmas, isn't it? It's celebrating the greatest gift ever given. God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus himself. I found it's being thankful for what he has done and in through Jesus that makes all the difference in the world. You see, through Christ's coming, what we call the incarnation, his being wrapped in human flesh and dwelling among us, we are given the greatest gift that the world has ever seen. And our response should be to give thanks, not just once a year, come on, but every day. That's the invitation we have in Christ, to give thanks for all that he's done for us. And in just a few moments, I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to the greatest gift by receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life if you haven't done that already yet. So number two today, we prepare daily moments to give God thanks. That opens up room in our lives for more of him. And finally, number three today, prepare room for joy. Prepare room for joy. Did you know that joy is actually a choice? Happiness comes from the word happenstance and is based on what happens to us, either good or bad, but joy is a choice to see all of life as a gift, no matter what you're going through, no matter the difficulty or the pain that you face. Bono, the great frontman and lead singer of the mega rock group U2, once said that joy is an act of defiance, and I think that's true. To choose joy is to defy what comes easy to us all. And that's complaining and grumbling and becoming bitter when things don't go our way. James chapter one, verse two says it this way, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. In other words, you and I get to choose and how is James able to say this? Because I believe that he knows that joy is always a choice. He knows that the testing of our faith brings about a perfect work, which results in us lacking nothing as well, as the text would later go on to say. Friends, that alone is a great reason to celebrate. Unlike the world, we're given everything in Christ Jesus, everything that we need to live a joyful life, regardless of what happens to us. And here's what I've discovered about joy. One of the best ways to choose joy is to celebrate. Celebration, as I define it, is the intentional act of choosing to rejoice. It's honoring the occasion as a gift to be enjoyed. Celebration invites God into your life by acknowledging that He is good and so is His creation and so are His gifts in your life. But it actually goes one step further. Whereas Thanksgiving brings you to the feasting table, celebration lets you enjoy the feast. I mean, how awful would it be if all God ever did was show you the food? right? Or let you unwrap the gifts, but never actually enjoy them. Well, that's what religion does, but that's not what God does. God is the God who parties. He's the one who says, come on, let's unwrap this thing called life together and then dance about it. He's the God for whom when a single sinner has found salvation, all of heaven throws a party and rejoices. Why? Because God is the God who parties. I love the fact that Jesus' very first miracle was at a wedding celebration, turning water into wine, because it speaks to the heart of what God wants us to experience in this life, joy, laughter, pleasure, delight. It shows us that we serve a God who loves all of these things. You see, some of you grew up in a religious environment that stifled all the joy in having a relationship with God. But I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is the guy turning water into wine so that the party can go on. I mean, that's some good news. I think one of the things that we're all going to be blown away by in heaven is what a great celebration it will be. How do I know this? Well, look at all the great feasts and festivals found throughout the scriptures. If they're just a type and a shadow of what we get to experience in our life with God this side of eternity, how much more so, the writer of Hebrews says, will we get to experience the thing that they are pointing us to, right? That's the point. The point is this, we we need to celebrate more. We need to choose joy. We get so fixated on addressing all the other stuff in our life that we forget to celebrate. We forget to acknowledge all the little victories and wins and moments and time that we have together as gifts. One way to practically make room for joy is to do this with your family. Determine a place that your family really loves and spend some time there. Reflect on what God's doing in each of your lives as well as in your family. But here's the thing, put it on the calendar, be intentional about it. Choose joy, make room for it in your life, amen? I believe if you don't, you won't. If you're not intentional about preparing room for joy, all that space will become occupied by other things. It's just bound to happen. Hear me on this. Don't wait till someday to celebrate the now. That day may actually never come. Listen to what the writer of Ecclesiastes says in chapter 2, verses 22 through 25. What do people get for all the toil and anxious striving with which they labor under the sun? All their days their work is grief and pain. Even at night their minds do not rest. This too is meaningless. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too I see is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? Friends, ultimately, your heart was made to find its true enjoyment in the Lord. All the toiling and laboring over things will eventually come to an end. All the stuff that we worry about will eventually not even matter. The real question is this. Did you enjoy the gift God gave you? Did you make much of the moments that God has given you while you're here on this earth? Did you make much of the moments he's given you even this week? If not, start today. Start celebrating the little things in life by making room for joy. Church, my encouragement for you this Christmas season is to prepare more room for him. Even if it's a little more than you did last year or even last week, give him moments of stillness. Give him moments of thanks. Give him moments to celebrate. Give him margin to work with and just watch what he'll do. In closing, I want to encourage you with this prayer. The Apostle Paul, writing to his church in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16-17, through 17, says this, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Church, that's my prayer for you today, that Christ would make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. That your hearts would be found ready to receive him in greater fullness. That you would, as the song says, prepare him room. Maybe you've been watching or listening to this message today and you don't know Jesus, but you want to. We believe that starts by saying yes to him. Yes to receive him into your heart as the scriptures here declare. It can be as simple, we believe, as praying this prayer with me. It's just you confessing out loud your faith in Jesus. And it goes like this, Jesus, savior, save me. Save me from myself, save me from all the things that have kept me bound. I believe and confess that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on that cross for me and that God raised you to life again. Jesus, I ask that you would give me a new life of freedom and hope in you. Make me your church, your favorite dwelling place, and come fill me with your Holy Spirit all the days of my life. And if you just prayed that with us today, we want to know about your decision. For those that said yes to him for the very first time, we want to say welcome to the family of God. And we'd love to help you get connected either here at Courageous Church or wherever you're watching from. We'd love to help with that. And here's how. You can go to courageouschurch.com slash connect to fill out a digital connect card. This will help our team know how to best follow up with you and pray for you in the days ahead. Come on, we know that you're going to need prayer and you're going to need people around you to encourage you and to build you up. We also want to come alongside you as you begin your new faith journey by sending you a Bible and helping you take some brand new next steps. For those of you in the Salt Lake Valley, we're currently gathering in person at our brand new location at 10702 South 300 West in South Jordan. And we're doing that on Sundays at 5 p.m. We'd love for you to come out and join us then. We also have prayer nights on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. So if you're interested in praying with us, you can go to our website, CourageousChurch.com prayer to get all the details. If Courageous Church is your home church, we want to invite you and remind you to honor the Lord this Christmas season with your giving. Becoming a generous person is what it's all about. And you see, your generosity not only blesses God, but it allows us to reach many with the hope and the healing and the courage and the life of God. It allows us to advance God's good mission for all the people of Salt Lake City, the Mountain West, and beyond. And if you want to be a part of that effort, want to be part of what God's doing with this church to make a big difference, you can use one of the links that we have posted right there in the comment section, or just head on over to courageouschurch.com slash giving to give online. Church, we love you. You are God's masterpiece. You are His best. Remember to make room for joy. Come on, be strong and courageous, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening today. If you were blessed and you want to be a part of what God is doing through Courageous Church, including ways that you can give, visit us online at CourageousChurch.com.